You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, I'm Barbara McGinnis from Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law, and welcome to Episode 11 of Aging Starts Now, where Josh Bay, Public Benefits Specialist with Takis McGinnis, and I will discuss the 10-care redetermination process. We'll talk about some of the current challenges and offer some insight on how to manage the process. Josh, you and I do a good amount of 10-care applications, both for Choices Long-Term Services and the HCBS program. And while the initial eligibility process may be fraught with challenges and obstacles to eligibility, it's not over when it's over, is it? No, ma'am, it is not. It actually it continues on and, and, you know, requires you to continue to keep important documents like you were going to reapply, um, you know, in 12 months. So that what you're getting at, that's it's called the redetermination process, and it's supposed to happen about every 12 months. Um, Can you tell us about what is redetermination and how frequently do they really do redetermination? So the redetermination or the reapplication process is just for TenCare to check your ongoing eligibility for the Medicaid program. And in our case, it's the Choices 1 and Choices 2 program. And they are really supposed to check about every 12 months. Um, they'll send out a, uh, a renewal packet, supposed to on about month 10, just so about time the, the information is due back. You're coming up on your 12 months and the system will just roll over because the system works about a month ahead. So there won't be any cutoff in your services once the redetermination is is processed. Okay. And it's actually a federal requirement for them to have a redetermination process or uh, a recheck of eligibility, like like you said. So that is that's not a problem. We expect them to do redeterminations to make sure people maintain eligibility. Um but we have had a lag in the um, the frequency, meaning we've gone several years with very few redeterminations that that we've seen. Right? Correct. Yes, ma'am. I, I know. Um, I know. Last year, when they kind of picked back up redeterminations, we received a few um, uh, redetermination packets, and it was somewhat of a new process that they were completing. Mm-hmm. And and then with. Then this year they started a, a, a new redetermination process as well because they received they started working from a new system. So um, it's been um, it's been a change, and that's what I mean. You know, tink care it, it changes a lot there. So it does change a good bit there. So what are some of the changes we've seen in the redetermination process? The packet that comes out it's overwhelming, right? It's about a hundred pages. Correct. So the packet that comes out, uh, yes, ma'am, it, it, it is, it's overwhelming. A lot of it, our clients don't need. 
Um, but that, of course, the, the packet is for everyone who who has Medicaid. You just complete your part and it could be quite overwhelming if you don't know that. And, so, you know. Yeah, you get this big packet. It's about 100 pages, more or less. But once you know where to look, like you would know where to look in a packet for for our clients, there's only really about 13 or 14 pages that apply to them. So that's probably the first tip is to when you get the packet, look to make sure, um, you know, that you're filling out the right part. There's another tip, right? Are you seeing where the where the pages are actually barcoded? So they're individualized, customized. They can't just you can't just copy it and use the same packet for multiple people. Correct. Yes, ma'am. So the app, the uh, the applications do come with a page by page barcode. So and that's actually a good thing. So when so whenever you send that packet back and it's scanned in those pages, won't get lost or not scanned in because, you know, that that barcode helps it, you know, track and go into your file. I know at one point of time, the facilities were completing renewal applications when when their patient's year came around, which was great. But they were using a generic um, a generic reapplication form. And, you know, I, I actually discussed that with with uh, some of the 10 care supervisors there and they didn't necessarily say yes or no to sending that packet in because, again, they were ramping up the renewal process at that time. But everybody had just not received renewal packets. Right. And so that's exactly it. Not everybody is receiving renewal packets. So what about the folks that do not receive their annual renewal packet? Um, does Is there something going on internally at TenCare so they can check to make sure that folks still meet eligibility? Or is it truly just random? So they can always check um, to see if they if their renewal is up, uh, if it's time to renew, they can call the uh, TN Connect hotline and they'll actually let them know if it's time for them to renew or if TenCare has sent out a uh, sent out a uh, reapplication for them or, or, or redetermination packet. They'll let them know that. Um, the and but the bad out about it is you don't know when it's time to renew because again their their redetermination process it's fairly this process is fairly new it's they have no order into in you know when they're sending out sending out these packets it's not you know ABC order I think it's right now it's just random eventually I think it'll get on track to where it's time to redetermine it's time for your redetermination near your year. Eventually, right. but right, right now it's not. So one thing that does seem to trigger a redetermination or an audit, if you will, is reporting changes. So once you've reported a change in circumstance, maybe you've moved facilities, maybe there's been a, a change in circumstance in your finances, and you've reported that, that may trigger within the next 12 months an, an audit. Correct. Yes, ma'am. We've uh, I've, I've actually had that a few times where I, I've sent over maybe an income change mm-hmm. and that triggers 10 care sending a renewal 
application. I, I don't know if that's a coincidence or if that's a process, but I, I've had that happen, you know, this year where I, I've sent over an income change through, uh, through the item D process. And then I get a, I get a reapplication request from Tincare, which, you know, I, that's fine because a lot of our clients need to renew because it's been so long. Yes. Um, so what kind of changes do require reporting and how do you report that change? So the way that um, the way that we report our changes is we prefer to fax fax our changes over to uh, to the 10 care item D unit. And that's what we put on our fax uh our fax attention to is to the 10 care item D unit uh, and save our save our requests because they have a a processing time of about three to four months and wow. it could get lost. I've had a lot get lost and I call um, mm-hmm. 10, uh, 10 connect and ask them, you know, to check on the item D request and it didn't go into the right file. So then I can, you know, send to the item D unit. Hey, this is where I sent it the first time. We need that request that uh, that requested change back to when I first sent it. And some of the changes that we report and Tincare actually requires you to report that report the uh, report. These changes are income changes, uh, change of residence, uh, resource changes. Let's just say you receive a. An inheritance. inheritance from a family member. Right. So they require that to be reported. Um, or uh, or if you've sold your house and now you correct. have proceeds from the sale of a house that, correct. Uh, that w- was an exempt resource. Once you sell a house, that that's your exempt resource <clears throat> or your exempt homestead. The, the proceeds from that sale is no longer exempt and you need to report that. And Correct. And so you've already said something really important to folks that are trying to do this on their own, perhaps, is that once you fax in that notice of change, that you keep your records where you can prove that you've made the notice. Because if TendCare does lose that and and you have some issue with eligibility or maintaining eligibility, at least you can prove that you've noticed them. Another thing that's important to change is that change of address. and. Um, we we struggle with that a lot because a lot of times you, you're receiving mail for our clients related to ten care, and then we want the mail to start going to the responsible family members and trying to get the address changed. That's not as easy as it sounds, is it? That is not as easy as it sounds, but in, in reality, it, it is truly important because you could you could miss your redetermination packet because the address is wrong or the facility that they were in is still on file at TenCare. And that's where the redetermination packet went to or the address, you know, or the packet may have went to an old address of your authorized representative. So that's why it's truly important. Uh, TenCare actually has a change of address form on their website where you can just Google it, TenCare change of address form, and it'll pull up. And that's the easiest way to get an address change reported to TenCare. And they'll actually send correspondence once they receive it. Again, it could take two to three months for them to do it. Or or you can call TN Connect. But just understand when you call TN Connect, you have to be an authorized representative 
on the case to make that change. And just because the caseworker spoke with you and released information to you, that doesn't necessarily make you an authorized representative on the case when you're speaking to TN Connect. So when um, when you receive the packet, you have a, a period of time to complete it and return it. I think that's 40 days, right? Correct. Yes, ma'am. You have 40 days. And the date is actually on the application. Pro- the the okay. date is actually on the reapplication. It'll let you know when it's due, which okay. is, you know, a good thing. And if something gets denied, if, you, if, if a benefit gets denied, maybe it's because there wasn't an updated change of address in the system and information was mailed to the wrong place and it caused an inadvertent denial. You can appeal that decision um, again. It would be very helpful to the success of your appeal to prove that you've reported those uh, necessary changes. One thing that I think is real important to bring out about redeterminations, uh, for a single person, it's probably not as complicated as if we're talking about a married couple. So frequently, we have one spouse in the facility receiving benefits, one spouse in the community, And now there's a redetermination for the institutional spouse. What is supposed to happen, Josh? Are they two separate people? Yes. um, You know, there's policy that that considers them two separate people or two separate entities. (laughs) And, um, you know, and that that was our expectation when it comes to, you know, you know, reapplying is yes, the uh, spouse is considered still a part of the the household, but the finances are separate. So when you're reporting finances to TenCare, you're focused on reporting the applicant or the TenCare member their finances to TenCare. But with the new application, they're actually considering and looking at the spouse of the TenCare member's finances as well. And they're asking for verifications of the spouse's finances as well. And, and just like we mentioned in the in uh, the earlier part of this podcast, some of our members or some members of, you know, the 10 care program have not received reapplications for years because the process stopped. Yeah. And, you know, with the new reapplication, they're using the original resource assessment to determine what they ask for. And we don't particularly think their policy of looking at the community spouse's finances post eligibility of the institutional spouse is accurate or I I mean, it's contrary to their own policy and it's contrary to federal rules. So I I think this would be an, an opportunity for advocacy here that I know you provide for clients, we provide for our clients, but folks that are out there doing this on their own uh, may not know that this is actually not the way things are supposed to be uh, reviewed at this particular time. And it's one of the areas that I truly hope they change about their redetermination process. Hey, Josh, any changes or anything you've noticed going on different with redeterminations during this time of the COVID-19? 
Yes. Yeah, so TenCare has been pretty lenient on that that time frame of that they request documents be submitted by. But the most important thing is also making sure that you get in touch with the caseworker to to explain that, hey, you know, this is the problems, problems that we are having, you know, and, and we're working on getting you verifications. And, and also across the board, they've they've stopped again, they've stopped denying um, renewal of these renewal applications. If you're working with the caseworker, they're giving you these extended periods okay. to get this information in. All right. So that, that's a good bit of discretion on their part that that's certainly helpful. And um, for us, because even trying to get statements from a bank can be challenging right now when we have to make an appointment to get in a bank. So, right. so that's a good thing. Well, as we wrap up this episode, any final tips or uh, comments you want to make? Yeah, uh, tips is a really, you know, try to find a caseworker. When you get that redetermination application, go ahead and submit what you can and put on that verification that that you are submitting. Uh, please, you know, ask the caseworker to contact you to go through what you know what is exactly needed because remember they're taking that original resource assessment and requesting verifications from that and a lot of and and what they have on their request list doesn't have account numbers or sometimes it doesn't really even name what they're asking for it may say other or just cash and i and you know when i look at that i'm thinking cash on hand and right. it's that's not what they mean. So, yeah, okay. speak with that, uh, you know, request that request that, that caseworker contact you get the caseworker's name and number just so you can be in contact with the caseworker, because it is truly important that you do not um, get the get the renewal denied, because then you have to go through the application process again, which could cause some. Uh, oh, just extra headache and hassle, right? Extra headache. Correct. So. So you, and you, you know, non payment, a non vendor so payment by Tinker to the facility. Yeah, you want to ask for help. So, correct. Send what you got, ask for contact, ask for help. And um, that that will go a long way in, in helping you complete a successful redetermination packet. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 11 about 10 care redetermination. I want to add, thank Josh Bay for his insight and expertise and welcome you to check out our website and look for additional episodes of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.